0: Hey everybody, this is Ruben and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Wireless Theater presents Red Moon. Phase 5 Transit.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Out again. Oh, do it to me, Bill, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Hello, Murray.
0: Jesus.
2: (sighs) Oh, Eddie. What are you trying to
3: do? Stay alive, mostly. What's the matter? Expecting someone else? Oh, don't think I'm not pleased to see you. What do you want? I want to talk about Spacecom. Guess my message fell on deaf ears, huh? Who asked you to deliver it? I can't tell you that, Eddie. And you don't want to know. I'll see you around. Sit back down, nice and calmly. Have you flipped? Is that it? Sit down, or I will kill you. You know what? I don't entirely believe you wouldn't. Anyone else know about this meeting? No. I, at least I, I don't think so. dude. Can we get out of here?
2: As long as you tell me everything you know about Chad Anderson's tour on Eagle One.
3: You should have warned me. You wanted a debrief, Eddie. I mean, next time I'll book us a table at the trap. There may not be a next time, Murray. We'll go out through the emergency
2: exit. I know a place we can talk. Is it far? No. As a matter of fact, it's just around the corner.
3: planetarium, Eddie. (laughs) Cute. At least you've still got your sense of humor. All right, Murray. Talk. You know, I always wanted to come here, but I never got around to it. Murray. You're not gonna shoot me, Eddie, so put it away. Tell me about Lieutenant General Cassius Atherton. Atherton? (laughs) He's no secret. The man's had his face on the cover of Time magazine. He's the Honshu-run Spacecom. One of these days he'll run the galaxy. Ask me another. These are easy. What happened to Chad Anderson? You know what happened to him. He looked the wrong way when he crossed the road. It's one of the great dangers for Americans in this fair city, believe me. He was your friend and they killed him. Then they brought you over to ship him home. Accidents happen. My pal Chad, your boss Wilkins. It's a lot of them going around these days, wouldn't you say? What are they up to, Murray? You know, I'm, I'm getting pretty tired of this, Eddie. You're throwing stones at a hornet's nest and asking me to stick around while you do it. You have no idea what you've gotten yourself into. Look, do me a favor, old friend, and keep the hell away from me!
2: What about Executive Action Memo 237? I hear it's something to do with... Operation Darkside? Christ!
3: Well... Jesus, you stupid bastard.
2: Just tell me what you know. That's all I'm asking. Oh, is that all? Oh, boy.
3: Eddie, listen to me. These guys ain't sneaking Sally through the alley. They are the most powerful people in the world, for Christ's sakes. Whatever they're doing, there is nothing anyone can do to stop them. I used to think better of you, old friend. You really don't understand any of this, do you? I've been part of this thing since before the beginning. Listen, I've never told anyone this. This goes way back, long before Project Horizon and the whole Moonbase program. I'm talking all the way back to the Operation Paperclip days. When we were trying to scoop up as, as many top Nazi scientists as we could before the Ruskers got them. Back in 1945, I, I barely had facial hair, but I spoke German and Polish. So OSS picked me up, and I found myself working for Technical Intelligence with the 104th Infantry Division, pushing our way through Germany. On April the 11th, we captured the Mittelwerk, the mountainside factory where they built the v2s (laughs) you know these days all people want to know about is whether we really did find any crazy nazi super weapons you know flying wings vertical takeoff exotic propulsion systems all the the real spooky stuff but that's just window dressing for the tourists what we found that day was the space race's true heart of darkness I'd never seen anything like it. Who the hell had? Six thousand corpses left to rot by the SS, slave labor from the neighboring concentration camp, Camp Dora. Once we'd opened the grave pits, the final count was 25,000. 25,000 people died building those damn rockets. That's more than the things ever killed! <laughs> I worked with Von Braun for years after that, and I always wondered how much he'd known. I always hoped that one day he'd crack and I'd be able to place him one way or the other. It, it's funny. I mean, right up until the Big C got him, he, he still thought he could save NASA and keep it out of Spacecom's hands. For all his genius, he was a child. Or a monster. I, I still don't know which. Hell, Nazi schmazi. Like the man said, that wasn't his department. The planetarium will be closing in for five minutes. The space race is nothing but a byproduct of the V2 rocket and the bomb. This whole thing was built on death. right to end it end it how no dice old buddy if i knew that i'd be dead already where's atherton now he's here in britain up at raf uh, spade adam comfortably far from home whatever dark side is he's running it from there doesn't give you much time thanks murray do me one favor, okay? Try not to get yourself killed. Ca- <laughs> Murray! Get out of here, you asshole!
0: ma'am come on
1: major kovach
0: mrs joe
4: This may sting a little. Ow! Hold still.
2: I am holding still. You're the one who's moving.
4: Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to do this yourself?
2: No, sorry. You're doing a great job.
4: You're damned right I am. Anyway, pray continue.
2: That's the lot. RAF Spade Adam in Cumbria. It's in the middle of nowhere.
4: Well, that's why it was chosen. Good infrastructure, no prying eyes. It's an ideal place for a launch complex.
2: You ever been there?
4: No, I never needed to. All my work was done remotely. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Spade Adams, one of Eagle One's full-back terrestrial control centers. The primary station's at Houston, but they have remote stations at Spade Atom and Rumora. So there's always a station in lunar range. So? So Spade Atom is one of only three places on Earth where the lunar mainframe can be remotely overridden. If we could somehow access the terminal and upload the protocols on that data cartridge we stole, I think I could countermand whatever instructions Chad Henderson gave the moon-based computer.
2: Break into RAF spared Adam.
4: They're going to kill us anyway, Sloper. We might as well take the battle to them. It's like Lawrence of Arabia said. It's simply a matter of going.
2: Simple doesn't cover it.
4: I can handle the data upload, so it all depends on whether you can get us there.
2: This is very disappointing
0: However, it doesn't alter the schedule
1: What if they go to the authorities?
0: That's not likely If this sloper has any sense They'll be going to ground Besides, in forty-eight hours, it'll no longer matter. Train back to depart
1: from
2: platform nine. The nine thirty-five to leave. Listen, I want you to march up to the ticket office and buy us two tickets to Dover Priory. Why Dover? Because you're a beautiful woman with an American accent, you'll be remembered. Meanwhile, I'll be getting us a pair of tickets to Birmingham. I've got a talent for being forgettable.
4: We're going to Birmingham?
2: No. We'll get off at Coventry, hire ourselves some wheels and drive the rest of the way to Cumbria. You've done this before. I've caught people who've done this before. You better do it now. We haven't much time. Sloper? Yeah?
4: You really think I'm beautiful? Hurry up. On the left, anytime now. Cheers. Hey, Sloper, are you married? Why do you ask? I just had visions of Mrs. Sloper somewhere wondering where the hell you got to. <laughs> no. You? Divorced. Oh, sorry. Don't be. We're better off. What's your problem? Or have you just never found the right woman?
2: I did for a while. Sorry, when I said I'm not married, I'm a widower.
4: Oh. Now I'm sorry. I didn't mean to...
2: Don't worry about it. It's fine. Her name was Liz. She was great.
4: It's good you can talk about her.
2: I don't really. Not much. She was my best friend. She died in a car crash. My fault, really. My train home was late. I could have taken a taxi home from the station, but she offered to come and pick me up. It was a wet night. I could have easily said no. You know, I'm not religious or anything, so as much as I'd like to think she's waiting for me somewhere, I really don't think she is. But if you think about the past as an undeniable fact that can't be erased, I don't know. It helps me feel better about her not being here anymore. She may be gone, but we loved each other, and, and they can't take that away from me.
4: George and Ira Gershwin.
2: <laughs> yeah. You hungry? I found some space snacks in the glove compartment.
4: Just like the astronauts eat. Oh, slow down a little, there it is. RAF Spade Adam. The British home of U.S. Spacecom. There's the transmitter station, over there.
2: It's huge.
4: It has to be. And that must be the peace camp. Uh Uh-huh. Looks peaceful.
2: Don't you believe it? need to find a phone.
4: Can you book us a room at the inn? If they let me have one. What do you mean? Look at me. Oh, don't worry. This isn't Alabama. That's easy for you to say. Give me some money. If I get in any trouble, I'm holding you responsible. Who are you calling? I have a contact in Women
2: Against Moon Militarization. You have a friend at the Wham Group? Sort of. I'm hoping she's forgiven me for the last time our paths crossed.
4: What did you do? Got her arrested.
2: <laughs> Two halves of lager and one Bacardi and
1: Coke. Hmm. We've just been telling Dr. Madison here what a duplicitous bastard you are.
2: Well, she had to find out sometime. <laughs> Felicity, Wendy, thanks for coming to
4: meet us.
1: Your phone call was intriguing. It all sounds very cloak and dagger. It is.
4: Not to mention dangerous.
1: We're used to that, my dear. The powers that be at RAF Spade Adam would be a lot more ruthless with us if they thought they could get away with it. Not that they've been able to throw anything at us yet we couldn't handle.
2: That's good, because we need your help.
1: What sort of help?
2: Dr Madison and I want to break in.
1: You? You? break into the airbase. How exciting. It's important, Felicity. It would have to be, to have him helping you. This wouldn't be an attempt at entrapment, would it? No. But you wouldn't be inclined to share your motives with us either, I take it?
2: It's far safer that you don't know.
1: You both must understand that everything we're doing here is for the sake of the future of the planet. Me, Wendy, everyone committed to the campaign for lunar disarmament. We refuse to jeopardize our cause for anything. But we will do anything in our power to further it. Mm -hmm.
2: I promise you, Felicity, you would be.
1: Can we believe him, Dr. Madison?
4: Only if you can believe me.
1: Oh, come on, Flick. Look at them. All right. If you do want to get in, the first thing you should know is that the place isn't impregnable. Some of us do occasionally cross the perimeter.
4: That's encouraging.
1: Oh, you don't know the half of it. We cause them all kinds of problems. Barricading the access gates, cutting holes in the outer fences, blocking the sewage outlets with quick drying (laughs) cement. (laughs) Honestly, they hate us. Uh, You will need a diversion, though. They've upped security in the last few days. One of their top brass has flown in for an inspection and I think they're all rather scared of him. I
4: hope that doesn't put you guys off. On the contrary, my dear, bring them all on. And,
1: fortunately for you two, we have a little operation of our own scheduled for later this evening.
2: You help us then.
1: Of course, darling. gate down there, strictly for maintenance. We've pulled all our people back to the main entrance on the other side.
2: Once we're in, where do we head?
1: See that red light in the distance over there? That's the top of the radio tower's antenna. If you get lost in the woods, that'll guide you to the main transmitter station. Thanks, guys. Wendy and I'd better be heading back. At 10pm, when you hear what sounds like 400 women charging the main gates, run for the fence and start cutting.
4: Good luck.
2: You ready?
4: As I'll ever be. How much longer?
2: Any time now. That's it. Let's go. Fast as you can.
4: I'm trying.
2: You go first. Go.
4: I'm through. Now you, come on. Hurry. (laughs) Well, we're in.
2: Unfortunately, that was the easy bit. This way. keep losing the antenna in the trees. There it is. Oh yeah, I see it. Once you're inside, it's all up to you, okay?
4: Well, don't worry. I know my way around this kind of installation.
2: At least one of us does. Oh shit.
4: What happened? I stripped a wire.
2: Lib marks says, run!
4: <laughs> It's this way. Sector 8. Oh, Jesus. What do we do?
2: Right here. I'll draw them off.
4: Don't be an asshole. We're in this together.
2: Just get to that transmitter station. I've got you as far as I can. It's up to you now.
3: See ya.
0: Over here, move! Here's one! Get him! Freeze, asshole! I kid you not. Move, and you're dead. Listening to Phase 5 of Wireless Theatre's Red Moon. The episode starred Philip Bolcock as Eddie Sloper, Yasmin Holness Dove as Dr. Susan Madison, Georgina Perriam as Mrs. Jones and Felicity, Sarah Whitehouse as Wendy, Greg Page as Murray, Richard Reed as the CIA hitman, and William Hope as Lieutenant General Atherton. Other parts were played by members of the cast. Recording took place at the RNIB Talking Book Studios. The production assistant was Lise Mick. Studio engineering was by Jim Siggy. Music was composed and performed by Francesco Quadraropolo. Editing and sound design were by Malcolm Thorpe. Story by Jack Bowman and Robert Valentine. It was written, directed and produced by Robert Valentine.